Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am your host, Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and with me today for the first time on this podcast is Terry Morrison, the pastor of Harrodsburg Community Church, uh, where he's he's been for, he's now in year 38, which is amazing. Uh, so Terry, thanks for being here today. Well, I've been looking forward to it, uh, really uh Look forward to an opportunity to sit down and just talk about the scriptures, Jonathan. And that is what we do. Uh, anybody who is new to this podcast, that's what you have stumbled upon is two, uh, in this case, brothers in Christ sitting, talking through a, a passage of scripture, uh, which today is going to be Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Uh, and so we'll, we'll read that. And your translation may have a couple of different things. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the HCSB. We'll talk about that in this podcast, about why there's a few differences, and, and we'll explain both, both versions there. Verse 40, Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the disease left him, and he was healed. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in deserted places, and they would come to him from everywhere. So a familiar passage for many if you've, if you've spent time in church or grew up in, in vacation Bible school or Sunday school, um, the healing of a leper. Uh, this translation said a serious skin disease. We know that throughout the Gospels, leprosy is not always specific to the disease leprosy, but it's various skin conditions that are all awful. Uh, none of them are, are to be taken lightly. Um, and we, we find this man in verse 40 that says he has a serious skin disease um, in their society due to the Levitical law, due to the way they, they operated. Anyone who contracted such a disease, it was life-altering. They were removed from their family and friends. They could no longer participate in worship in the temple or the synagogue or tabernacle, whatever was in their vicinity. Uh, and, and they basically lived either in a colony of people like them who had the same disease or on their own. Um, and I think sometimes for us in this day and age with all the communication devices and things, I don't know if we ever fully grasp isolation on this level. I think people feel isolated in our society, and that's a, a topic for a different day. <laughs> but I don't know if we fully understand what it means to be cut off completely from our loved ones and, and everyone we've known, as this man would have been. Well, I can't get away from that word isolation. And I know you mentioned that could be a topic for another day. But it 
it does make us realize that there are a lot of things that cause people to either be isolated or have a feeling of isolation. Mm -hmm. Even in a crowd, I think sometimes folks uh, feel that. And so there's always the aspect of this inner healing Mm -hmm. as well as the physical healing that he needed. And uh, Jonathan, you would probably agree in our culture today, there are folks who certainly uh, need the healing touch of Jesus for that Mm -hmm. inner isolation that they feel from others and from their creator himself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I, I do think some translations, uh, we'll get to it here in a second with, with Jesus, but they describe the condition of this man as it's a lonely uh, place, which feeds in, again, isolation, loneliness. That is something I think people in our society understand because they feel it sometimes through their own choices uh, and sometimes through things that have been placed on them. But he, he comes desperate. It's clear that he comes desperate to Jesus because it says he comes on his knees and begged of him, uh, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Uh, and so he, he knows from whatever he's heard about Jesus, and at this point, Jesus, in, in the early part of Mark 1, he's baptized he starts his his earthly ministry. Um, he's starting to do a few things, but word is traveling, right? And um, this man has heard something for him to to have this belief to say, "If you're willing." Now, I think I think his doubt may be whether or not Jesus is going to be willing to. Yeah, it really struck me uh, that phrase, "If you are willing," and I think that speaks to a lot of us in terms of the relationship with Christ and what he does. You know, uh, that, that old gospel hymn, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. Mm-hmm. But I think deep within a lot of us, we, we really wonder, would you do it for me? And that could be for a myriad of reasons. Uh, maybe I'm not worthy. Uh, we get these feelings that, uh, oh, yes, that's good for somebody else but it can never happen to me. And I think the man, in a way, does show a a little lack of faith, Mm -hmm. but moving on to the compassion of Jesus, uh, his compassion overcomes, in many cases, our lack of faith, which is a great testimony to the grace and the mercy if you don't mind, Jonathan, I have a, a habit of always looking up a definition of a word oh, that yeah. I think that I really know. <laughs> yeah, and I was a little surprised, not too much, that according to uh, English Dictionary Webster's, I think compassion is defined as a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for someone struck by misfortune, accompanied by a desire to alleviate the suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what spoke to me so powerfully about Jesus. Uh, We can kind of sympathize, but the true definition is that that uh, sympathy is accompanied by a desire to alleviate that suffering. And then in the dictionary, a synonym right there with the definition was mercy. Mm -hmm. And we know that Jesus is filled 
with mercy. So that struck me. Uh, The fellow may have had some doubts that it could happen to him, but his doubt uh, was trumped, if you please, by Jesus' overwhelming Mm -hmm. compassion. Yeah. Yeah, and and I love the the picture that we see here that his doubt is not in Jesus' ability, but in his willingness. And I think you've got to put yourself in this man's place no one in society will have anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. His own family is not allowed to be near him. We don't know how long this has been his condition. Um, but to go without human touch, to go without interaction, to not have someone who wants to make you clean, I, I can see where he would doubt whether or not, well, Jesus can do it. But but will he be willing to? Am I worth it to him? Am I important enough? Um, and I love the fact that that Jesus is um, going between villages here. But the indications given when it says the man came to him, this man is risking things. He's he's breaking some cultural laws to come even close enough to this crowd to engage Jesus. Uh, But as you pointed out already, Jesus is moved with compassion. Uh, And I love that that you read the definition of compassion because I think a lot of times we we shortchange compassion. We think of compassion as feeling sorry for someone, which is part of the definition, but it's that additional being, being moved then to action. Right wanting to do something about it. So it's not enough to just say, oh, it's awful that this person's in that condition. Mm-hmm. Compassion is that next step to say, how, how can I change that? I think the, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, I think when he sees the man beaten, he's, he's moved with compassion to take action, to take this man to safety, to take him to... to a place of lodging and healing. Um, so I think we see that with, with Jesus here. Now we hinted earlier at there being some differences in translations. And this is, this is the, the key verse in this that has a difference because some translations like NIV and some others, uh, say Jesus was indignant upon the man saying this. And if you read that translation, it can it can be confusing in some ways because you say, well, then he goes on and heals the the man. So if he was angered, then then what at? Uh, and and you and I were discussing previously. I think the indignation is not at the man; it's at either the doubt that 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 he would be willing to help, or just the fact the man is in this condition in the first place that something God created in perfection through sin has gotten to the point that disease exists and people have to suffer because of the existence of sin. And, and I, think, I think that is the indignation is towards those things. Yeah, I uh, would not have even gone there except when I was reading in my uh, New Living Translation and saw that they indicated in the footnote some very ancient manuscripts uh, use even use the word anger, and uh, I think 
prior to starting this podcast, we uh, discussed those two terms, as you just mentioned, are not incompatible. You can feel both those emotions at the same time, compassion for the individual and yet anger at the circumstances that caused it, Mm -hmm. Uh, anger uh, because of sin and its consequences. And um, so when I I thought about that and gave it a little consideration, I also began to look at other scriptures that use the word compassion, clear back to the Old Testament, uh, uh, if we... Turn there just quickly, Psalm 80. This idea of compassion is not brand new with Jesus (laughs) when he walked on earth. And uh, David, the psalmist, probably knew the compassion of God uh, as Mm -hmm. well as anyone. And in one of his prayers uh, where he uh, prays uh, to the Lord and in the same time, uh, Psalm points out many of the excellencies of the Lord. And in verse 15, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, David says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And to me, compassion can very... uh, can hardly be separated from the qualities of God's mercy, mm-hmm. love, grace, and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, those qualities are uh, to be a mark mm-hmm. on those of us who are uh, believers and followers. And And I do say, I think we fall short. Mm-hmm. I, I question myself sometime. Yeah. Am I really compassionate, especially to the extent that when I see something, uh, am I willing to try and do something yeah. about it that expresses God's love? Yeah, and, and, I, and I love that you already pointed out this is so much of God's nature and, and, and who he is in all persons of the Trinity, this compassionate, merciful uh, God. And, and we are to reflect Christ. We are to be that and so in our world if we find compassion is lacking we have to look at ourselves and say well are we reflecting christ the way we should be uh, there's enough christians in this world that if 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 we find compassion is lacking then the takeaway has to be maybe we we are not as compassionate as we need to be uh to to share this um but uh We've we've talked about you can be indignant and compassionate, uh, and and before the podcast we talked about even examples in our world of the fact there are children who are abused. We can be indignant and angered that a parent would ever do that to a child, or anyone would ever do that to a child, while at the same time being moved with compassion towards that child or towards that victim, uh, and so. I think that's where Jesus finds himself here. He's he's both. But we see his action is one of compassion uh, because the very next thing it tells us is that he reached out his hand. Mm-hmm. So here's this man who says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And as he's saying, I am willing, he's reaching out his hand and touching him. Now, th- this part struck me because... 
and, and as we continue in this series in the Gospel of Mark, uh, we'll see other places where Jesus heals people who weren't even in his presence. Someone had come on their behalf, and he says, you know, because of your faith, they are now healed, and, and they go home, and that's true. So we know Jesus is not limited to space and time. He can, he can heal by speaking it, or, or you know, uh, and you don't have to be present. So he could have made this leper clean. He could have healed him without ever touching him. And in their Levitical law, as soon as you came in contact or touched someone with one of these diseases, you are now unclean yourself. So Jesus is extending something to this man that, that no one else was going to extend to him, this, this physical touch. Um, and for me, it strikes me because how, how often do we sometimes, because, because we, we are sinful people, and we listen to the lies of the enemy, and we uh, we riddle ourselves with guilt and shame, to where we think, oh, there's there's no way God can forgive this. There's no way He's not going to love me after this. But in this picture, we see, man, this this was the definition of an untouchable person. I I think there's several aspects of that that. Like so many verses in the Bible, they're filled with applications and meaning. And as you pointed out, Jesus chose to heal in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I can imagine knowing the fact that he knows each one of us personally. This was a man uh, to whom the touch itself uh, may have meant more mm-hmm. than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. But it also struck me when you said that um, Jesus risked under the law and under the <laughs> disease itself of becoming unclean. Yeah. But is this not just a little foretaste of what Jesus did in all circumstances? Yes. And yeah. my mind immediately went to the passage there uh and I can't remember which one of Paul's epistles it's in, but the fact that uh, I think it's in the letter to the Corinthians that he who knew no sin Mm -hmm. became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus is willing to touch us in our most needed point. Right. For this man, uh, isolation uh, I think Jesus knew a touch will mean so much. But how much it means to us to be able to somehow comprehend that all of our sin Jesus became, that, that we might become whole. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to talk more here at the end of this passage about that very thing. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're already seeing that and going there with it because I want our our listeners to follow along that train of thought. We're, we're going to have more to say on that in verse 45 uh, because something that God showed me in verse 45, just as I was looking at that this week, um, that was honestly a verse that a lot of times I had just viewed as kind of transitional, but there's a lot of, of weight to it. Uh, but he does. He gives him this touch, and he, he tells him, I am willing, be made clean. 
you know, it, it's unique because this disease that afflicted this man was not, it wasn't something he just needed healing from. He needed healing, but he also needed cleansing. Yes. Uh, and, and Jesus gives him both. Uh, in verse 42, it says, immediately the disease left him and he was healed. Um, and then, and then it's very interesting. Uh, there's this dynamic with Jesus throughout his ministry. Jesus always was living with the, the timeline and the plan for our redemption in sight to where he, he knew certain actions. Hey, if word gets out of this, it's going to alter things. And he, he was always trying to stay true to that timeline because he knew where his, where he was headed, but he tells the man, Hey, don't, don't go tell anybody what I just Mm -hmm. did. But instead he says, see that you say nothing to anyone, go and show yourself to the priest. Well, that that's to fulfill their, their Levitical law. Hey, this mosaic law says you, before you can get back into society, you've got to present yourself to the priest and he says, and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, the interesting thing there is, is the way the law was set up. If, if you somehow, if, if the disease left your body, you could go and present yourself to the priest, and there was a process. You had to offer what was prescribed, and then the priest would declare you cleansed. Well, Jesus has already cleaned him. Cleaned him. He said, be made clean. So Jesus already cleansed him, and I love that Jesus says to him, hey, offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing mm-hmm. as a testimony to them. So he's saying, hey, they only see it this way. They're only going to accept you as clean if you go through the right processes and steps. So do it. I've made you clean. You don't need to do this to be clean. You're already clean. But so that they will know you're clean, do this. Uh, and and I love that that's the way he gives the instruction, um, because so many times I think God God does for us what we need, but sometimes we have to we have to uh, do things in in this sense for the world to understand, and and to see what God has done for us. Well, there's another aspect of that that came to my mind. We all probably, when we read this passage, wonder, Jesus, why would you tell him to not tell anybody? Probably knowing that he was going to. <laughs> yeah. Some have even said that might be one of the reasons Jesus was indignant, knowing you're going to mess things up because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go hide out in the wilderness for a while. Yeah. But another thing, Jonathan, that I really think is important in that process that you brought up it's more about, after we're cleansed, it's more about what we do than what we say. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, uh, folks get really, really carried away, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, and and they think it's all about that one experience and mm-hmm. telling everybody about that experience. But Jesus seems to indicate uh, what we have in that old uh, axiom, the proof is in the Pudding. Yeah, it, it's in doing right that we're blessed, and in this case, Jesus told him precisely what to do and not to do. <laughs> yeah. And we're not told whether he went to the priest or not, do we? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Surely he did. But I, we I don't would, know. I would think he did, but we don't know that. Yeah. Verse forty-five, and and this is 
where we're getting to. It says, yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news. So we do know what he did was he went and told people. Whether the priest was included in that, we don't know. But he went and told everybody else that he was healed with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he, being Jesus, was out in deserted places. Uh, The NIV here does say lonely places. And they would come to him from everywhere. Uh, Verse 45, uh, as I was studying this for the sermon on Sunday and for the podcast today, it's a verse that I, I normally look at because I think we we do this a lot of times with Jesus's miracles. We we read the action and the conflict. Person needs healing, he heals them, and then in our brain we almost transition to the next thing. And and the Gospel of Mark is that way. It's it's one thing after the next, right? But a lot of times I don't know why. When when I've read this before, I, I've read forty five, and you and and I focused on the fact that the the leper who was now healed went and spread the news. But what I had missed until this week was the result. And the result is that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was in the deserted places. He was in the lonely places. And at the start of this passage, that's where the leper is. Mm -hmm. The leper can't enter towns. He can't be around society because of his disease. And Jesus in healing him, and you alluded to it earlier, by touching him and healing him, Jesus has now traded places with him. He he took the loneliness that this man was experiencing and made it his own. And and he said, hey, I, right now I'm free to walk into that home or that town, be in the public square, be around people. I can be invited to weddings. I can go to parties. I can. Jesus had all that. And he gave it up for this man who hadn't had that. And so he took something that was inaccessible and made it accessible and cost himself that, that same access. And, and it does point ahead, as you've already said, to what Christ is going to do in becoming our sin and taking our disease and things that had limited us and saying, I'm I'm literally going to take your place, yeah, and and be on the cross and and take all of that sin on myself, so that it's so that you can be free from it. But I think it even goes back to the whole reason he came. We, we're told in in scripture too, he left the throne room of heaven. Mm-hmm. Think of everything he gave up, yes, <laughs> to come and and be born as an infant and placed in the filth of a stable. Um, he he already traded places from the very beginning to give us access to that same throne room, uh, and and I just never that had never hit me in in verse forty five until this week when I was looking at that, and uh, it it was a couple of days ago honestly when I when I read it and it just really hit, and I had to tell two people on staff as soon as it happened because I was just like this is just look look at what God has done. Well, the scriptures are so full of truth, and the more we dig, and you and I are sitting here talking, and we've studied, and we've preached, and even in these few minutes, as you're pointing out, and as I'm seeing, we see new truth, new Mm -hmm. principles, 
And in the fact that Jesus told that man to not <laughs> tell anybody and yeah. his telling everybody caused Jesus to go into a secluded place, but even our foolishness mm -hmm. does not thwart the sovereignty of God because there in those secluded places, people came and sought out Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that also speaks to the fact that uh, if we're looking, we will find him. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. again, an inner corollary with Scripture that says, you shall seek me and find, find me, me when you search with all your heart. Yeah. He is still uh, being found by mm -hmm. people who are seeking, regardless of how we as human beings sometimes mess up the very best plan, uh, it never messes up God's sovereign plan. Mm -hmm. That's comforting. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, as, as much as we're talking about the way of compassion uh, this week in the sermon series that we're in called The Way, it, this is also the way of comfort, right? I mean, it's and, – and ultimately, ultimately, compassion does bring comfort to the one receiving it. Uh, and and the challenge for us is we are to be compassionate people because Christ was first compassionate and had compassion on us. Uh, it, it, yeah, Jonathan, it ties into the overall character of God and his love mm -hmm. and mercy and grace, which are almost interchangeable with compassion. And from our standpoint, as his followers and those who should exhibit that, we can do that only in the degree that we see it being given to us where, for instance, the Bible tells us that we love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. Our ability to share that love, to show any of that <laughs> compassion, will be in direct proportion to the degree we have felt it mm -hmm. and experienced it. And I think that's one of the things that helps us and certainly helps me uh, in, in the area of being compassionate, even in the area of forgiveness mm -hmm. or understanding. When I think about how much God loved me to forgive me of all of my sins, that becomes my motivation for exhibiting that to anyone else right. because I can honestly say, who am I to withhold from you that which God has so freely given me. And if I don't understand that, I don't have a, a basis for showing love, mercy, or compassion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's not something the world is going to give us. It is something that only comes from him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my hope today is, as we kind of wrap this podcast up would be that if you're listening to this and, and you – this is all strange to you. You you may not have a clue because, as Terry said, until you experience that love, you, you don't have that love to give to other people. And so you, you may find yourself in a place much like this leper was, and you're in a place of isolation, in a place of loneliness due to either your own choices or things that have been done to you. You may have removed yourself from the world in, in a sense. And you can hear from this that Jesus 
has compassion on you. He he is filled with love for you, uh, and and he ultimately did everything necessary to bring about your healing, your cleansing, to trade places with you so that you have access to places before that he was the only one that had access to. Um, and and if you don't know him, then then our prayer would be you would you would know him through this, and that you would uh, find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in your community um, and and inquire or ask uh, of them how you can walk with him. Um, and if you're in Mercer County, we have a lot of great churches in this area that m- many of the pastors are people that Terry and I both know and, and respect. And, and, man, we would love to point you in the direction of one of those based on, on where you live and what you're looking for. Uh, but... If you're a follower of Christ, I think it's it's different. It's a, it's a challenge to say if if Jesus is this compassionate. Well, Jonathan, if I could have one yeah. little yeah. last comment as we're wrapping up. I, yeah. I told you this study prompted me to write an article, yeah. which yeah. kind of helped me a great deal. Yeah. But I remember in that article, I I, I closed by saying, uh, if you're looking for compassion, don't look for it in the world. Look for it in the only place where you can find it. And the passage that I close my little article with, I want to read here in yeah. closing. Hebrews uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 14 through 16, give to all of us this wonderful invitation, speaking of the compassion of Christ as the great high priest, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We'll find our compassion from the one who is the embodiment of love, mercy, grace, and compassion. Absolutely. And uh, who, who would look around our world right now and, and think that our world doesn't need more compassion? Amen. Uh, <laughs> and, and so we as followers of Christ, we have been given the ability to share compassion and show compassion because he has given it to us. And through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we we have the power to show this same level of compassion to those we meet. And we we should be doing that. Uh, and and if you feel that you're not doing it well, pray and, and ask God for help in that because he will continue to grow you and, and give you the power to do so. Um, but I, I love that verse in Hebrews as well because it is we don't serve a God who doesn't understand us. We serve a God who knows exactly what it is to live a human existence, to suffer all that we suffer in this world, but he also knows there is a way to victory and he has claimed that for us. Uh, and so as we close today, we, we, we do pray for you that uh, – this has been enriching to you and that you would walk in the way of compassion as we continue in this uh, series where we are studying the way, following Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, uh, 
It's going to go for eight weeks. We we uh, we hope that you'll follow along and and read the whole. We're going to go through the whole gospel. So sixteen chapters. You can you can read an average of two per week, and you'll be. We're not going to be able to cover the whole book uh, in in the eight weeks podcast or sermon wise. Uh, so we encourage you to read for yourself this great book uh, found within the ultimate great book, the Bible. Uh, and uh, until next time, we thank Terry for being with us today. And uh, we pray that you will go on this journey with God, follow after Jesus, and share compassion as only he can give. And join us next time.